Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. G'day, everyone. It's Jason Stevens, and welcome to the Spirit of Sport on SEN. So glad you could join us. You know what? I'm just going to jump right in because I'm very excited about my next guest. He's a former teammate. A current mate, well, at least from my, my point of view. Uh, he played in the 90s and 2000. He was an outstanding halfback for the Cronulla Sharks. He also played with the Cowboys, Roosters, Eels, and finished up at the Broncos. He won the Rothmans medal in 1995. And I remember them putting a picture up of him at, at Harry's Cafe de Wheels, and it's still there, I've checked. Uh, which was a, a memorable night for him. He repped Queensland and the State of Origin on several occasions, as well as Australia. And from there, he made his way in the coaching ranks. He did the hard yards, but he guided the Cowboys to their first ever premiership in 2015. And in my humble opinion, it was the greatest grand final I've ever seen. As a scriptwriter, I couldn't have I couldn't have penned a better finished to a game. He recently finished up with the Cowboys as head coach after a hugely successful six and a half year stint. Paul Green, thank you so much for coming on the Spirit of Sport. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for having me, mate. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, well, we've known each other for, for quite some time. Obviously, first as uh, as opposition, but then uh, as teammates as, as, as well. And I've got to say, mate, you've come a long way since... Uh, Rooming with Nathan Brown back in the day, <laughs> that was the oddest mix. That was the oddest. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, Brownie was a pretty good-looking young style of a bloke back then when we were living together. So Wasn't there was he? plenty of time. There was plenty of times there when I felt like I was his uh, secretary, <laughs> just uh, ent- answering the phone for young ladies wanting to speak to Nathan. So. <laughs> because that, that long flowing hair that he had, I just, yeah. I just, it's the cruelest of fate when 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 he started going bald. Yeah. I'm just like, in a way, I was secretly, I was a little happy. I was like, finally, <laughs> finally, <laughs> he, he, it levels the playing field a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We we all get our challenges. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, before we uh, before we go to the interview, I just have a, have a few questions, a little getting to know you type ones, just some quick fire response. Sponsors, whatever, whatever comes to mind. You ready? Yep. First concert. Right. Uh, it was in excess uh, in 1985 at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre. Wow, that's that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, Michael Michael Hutchins obviously was was the uh, lead singer back then. So yeah, it was a uh, awesome band, and it was a great night. Good for a first experience as, as a concert for me. Anyway, tough though when they're. When it's that good, it's like, where do you go next? Like, dra- dragging, yeah. dragging at the RSL, <laughs> <laughs> screaming jet, screaming jet. <laughs> shout, shout out to Dave Gleeson, mate. Big, big yeah. Saints fan. Big Saints fan. Yeah. Uh, first job. Uh, I was a clean-up boy in a butcher shop. Wow! So they didn't let, they didn't let you cut the meat. Oh, eventually, once I showed I could do a good job cleaning the. Fat off the floor. They they eventually <laughs> gave me a knife, and I started doing trimmings to make mints. But that, that was about it. Yeah, that sort of depicts your rise in in coaching, which we will talk about later. If you can clean the floor well, <laughs> you get a yeah. shot. You get a shot, and then probably yeah. at some stage you go back to clean the floor. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's your most embarrassing moment? Um, I think. Um, most embarrassing moment in in, uh, 1993 before I went to Sydney Queensland used to have the Brisbane competition had a Rothmans medal also and um, and I was lucky enough to win it in 93 there in the Brisbane comp and the the dinner the presentation dinner I think was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and the weekend before one of my mates had a 21st and uh, you know being a, a young guy back then and Probably had a few too many beers and went to sleep at a mate's place and, and my mate shaved my eyebrows off. And so at the presentation dinner for the Rothmans medal, as I said, I was lucky enough to win it, but I had my, my eyebrows shaved off and my, my sisters at the time thought it would be a good idea to draw them off with mascara. <laughs> and which so, is, Which is what they do a lot now. <laughs> yeah, but back then it wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't. the right thing to do. And about halfway through dinner, couple of my teammates 
had, had Jerry that I, you know, I had my eyebrows drawn on, and so they were doing their best to smudge it. <laughs> and so by the time I got presented the the, uh, the medal, I, I looked like a drag queen. It was, yeah, that was pretty embarrassing. That's, that's the best embarrassing moment. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. I can just imagine the boys trying to smudge it, and you're like. Oh. Uh, it oh, was too, uh, too funny. Uh, what about your favourite movie? Um, movie's a tough one. I, this is a tough question, I reckon, because there's been so many good movies and, and um, you know, different ages, different years. You know, a lot of great movies come out and you really enjoy them. So it's, it's hard to nail one down. But uh, as a kid, um, you know, when I was a younger guy, I used to laugh a lot at Caddyshack. That was one of my favourites. That was a, a classic. John Candy. Yeah. John Candy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think um, I'm a big fan of Will Ferrell too. He's he's a pretty funny, pretty funny dude. So. Oh, mate. Yeah. I, 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 with Will Ferrell, there's so, so many. But have you seen The Other mm. Guy? The Other Guy? The Other Guy? Yeah. Yeah, that that for me is just. <laughs> so I think it's the. Think it's, <laughs> yeah, but every Christmas we'll we'll my wife and I watch Elf as well, mate. We just uh, oh yeah a yeah, rit- bit of a ritual. So yeah, uh, it's you're a in, classic. You're in good stead. Step, Step Brothers is good too. That's that's mate, hilarious. I haven't that seen. One. I haven't. I, to my shame. Oh, I haven't you? seen it. No. Oh well, what you like, Will Ferrell? Yeah, yeah you yeah. got to have a look at that. Mm. Yeah, nice. Did you see the the latest one on on Eurovision? The, the no one in no. I haven't seen that okay. one yet. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, good. Do you have a pet hate? Um, my wife, when she squeezes she's toothpaste not your pet out, let's just, let's no, just no, 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 not at all. <laughs> <laughs> there's more to there's more yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's more to the story. No, when she squeezes toothpaste out, she just squeezes the tube and like she doesn't squeeze from the bottom. So it's it's really frustrating. Oh, are you not supposed to squeeze from? <laughs> I yeah, you're supposed the... to squeeze. You're supposed to squeeze from the bottom. That's how a toothpaste tube is designed. Ah. So, you, so it's easy to get toothpaste out. But you know, she just squeezes wherever. <laughs> Can I just say I'm on Amanda's side there because I had no idea. <laughs> but the thing is, you have brought it to her attention, and she still does it, which is which is the issue. I that's imagine. right. That's right. Uh, but look, hey, if that's the worst thing I'm dealing with, life's right. not too bad. That's right. A person from history you'd like to have met? Um, well, I think the, the the one that stands out would be Jesus, wouldn't it? It'd be great to go back and yeah, and witness all that stuff. Um, that, yeah, that we read about in the Bible and whatnot. So you know, it's definitely him. Uh, the other guy that That's comes awesome. to mind is probably John F. Kennedy. Yeah, right. He was a pretty. Um, why, why? Why do you think? Why about? What's it about him? Well, I think you know he was a young guy. He was a fairly young to be president when he became president. Um, and, and some of the, um, the things he had to deliberate through as president, um, you know, for instance, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm. Um, you know, that was, we were actually, I actually studied that as a case study. Oh, and really? um, one of the courses I did. So it was when you hear the backstory about everything that was going on, it was a pretty incredible time. And for him to lead the way he did through that, I reckon it would have been uh, pretty, pretty good to meet him. Do you, do you think it taints him at all, like the the playboy lifestyle that he was kind of, you know? Um, I, I, I think it does, but again, there's always. Um, I'm not saying it didn't happen. There's, mm. You know, the, where the smoke there's fire. There's mm. probably a bit of truth in it, but I, I just think, um, yeah, I don't know whether it taints him or not. I think um, the fact that he died young, yep. uh, obviously he was he was shot. Um, you know, I think that probably. Yeah, you know, people continue to, to to remember that sort of stuff as opposed to probably some of the good stuff that he did. Yeah, but not in my mind. Not in my mind. I think he was, you know, a pretty uh, insightful leader. Well, I think his speech about you know asking what not what the country can do for you, but what you can do is just yeah. That's the basis of of leadership, really. Yeah. That don't you think? Like, and would I love to talk to you a bit more about that? Um, yeah, but yeah, no, that's a great one. Uh, something you wish mm. you were better at? Oh, golf. I, um, you know, with coaching, you just don't get time to play, and it's a pretty frustrating game when you why do uh, you don't do play it, it regularly. Oh, yeah, why do you guys do it? Because I, I, I interviewed <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Ogilvy, and I'm just like, you know, I was, I was, I mean, obviously he's done, you know, he's done 
so so much, but I I didn't have the heart to ta- to say, mate. How can you, how you can just the, the the effort, mate? The effort that <laughs> you can't just get. It's more like you're going for a surf as a hobby, you know, or just yeah. you're there for a yeah. whole day. Yeah, there for four or five hours. <laughs> it's a commitment, mate. Plus practice, yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing, but it's you know, I, pl- I played a bit when I was younger, so I, I wasn't too bad as a young guy. But then now, when I play, because I only play you know once in a blue moon. I'll have enough good hole. Like I'll hit the ball well, or I'll have a few good holes, just enough to keep me interested next time. And the rest of the game is just complete frustration. I'll either drive well, or I'll chip poorly, or I'll, you know, not drive well and and be good around the green. So inconsistent, it's just very frustrating. But you really, like you said, like to really gain momentum in it, you've got to you've got to be out in the course, you know. Oh, you can get off. You've got to be. Absolutely. Mate. You've got to. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. What's the thing you did growing up that made your parents the most upset? Well, <laughs> um, I remember when I was about 18 and 19, myself and three of my mates thought it would be a good idea to move out and live together. thought it would be a lot of fun. Uh, but I didn't have the heart to tell mum because she'd be upset. So I waited until the day I was moving out to tell her. So I was a little bit embarrassed and ashamed but I didn't have the uh, courage to let her know because, um, yeah, I so, uh, you know, sprung it on her that day and basically moved out that day. She's pretty upset with me, but, yeah, that was that was one of the things. The other thing, I had a, a little period when I was a bit younger, a fair bit younger, where I kept kicking balls or hitting balls through windows, so they weren't really happy with me about that. But what, so foot, probably, foot, footies or, or cricket balls? Uh, all sorts, cricket balls, soccer balls, footies. Yeah, I had a real run there where I, I think I did the, the main window of the house a couple of times. I put a cricket ball through Dad's windscreen there, all in a short period. So I, I wasn't real popular. And, and mate, I'm interested. How long did the uh, the, the uh, rooming with your mates? How long did that last? Were you back Six home? months. Six yeah, months. I was back home. <laughs> <laughs> Once you realise you you got to pay, yeah. you got to pay for toilet paper. <laughs> you got to pay for everything. You got you actually have to cook for yourself and clean up after yourself. And yeah, yeah it's six the, months. It's the, it's the it's not it's no coincidence. I read the Prodigal Son this morning. Yeah. He's like, how good have I got it at home? I'm going. I'm going yeah, back. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the biggest thing you've been nervous about? Um, probably uh, on my wedding day. I was really I really nervous that day for some reason. I was pretty confident she was going to turn up at the church, but uh, <laughs> well, I had no real reason to be nervous. But um, yeah, I just remember being being really nervous that day. Well, um, was it nervous? Was there any nerves about like I'm I'm in this now, I'm for life? Not saying it was going to be a, ba- a bad thing. Obviously, it was going to be you know, but the fact that it's that's it. That's yeah, it. it's a big commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For life, I think that's part of it. Yeah. And you, you know, yeah. If you have any doubts, not that I had too many that I can remember, but you know, yeah, like you said, it is a big commitment, and it's one year, it's for life, and that's it. So you want to make sure you get it right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Someone, someone said to me because I, you know, I had had those type of nerves, and it, and it was, I wasn't like I was. I knew Beck was, you know, the 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 one I wanted, wanted to marry, and she was just such a great fit with for me. But um, I remember someone saying to me, you know, like. You know, there's so many people go, oh, is she the one? Are they, you know? And then you know, and you you spend half your life changing partners because oh, maybe they're not the one. And they said, no, no, your commitment by your commitment, you make them the one. And yeah, I remember thinking, wow, that's that's really good. I mean, it doesn't that doesn't mean you don't you know do your best to choose a, a good partner and so forth, and you know use wisdom and so forth. But often, if you know that commitment overrides, you know, because we've all got. We've all got flaws. You know me well enough to know that. I think I stole your, your towel a fair few times at <laughs> and used it and then just dropped it at your feet. Just yeah, like... just right before you made sure you let me see you wipe your, your big, my big butt. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favourite things. Uh, what's, the, what's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Um, oh, there's quite a few. <laughs> um I was still not not great at leaving clothes on the floor. Now, that's something that my wife probably I annoy my wife with. So similar to the toothpaste story, but 
Um, I think the other thing too is um, oh, probably you know just having having trust, I suppose. Um, well, not when I say trust, I mean you know having faith that life's going to be good. I suppose yeah. as long as you keep doing the right things. You know, sometimes you you question that when um, life doesn't go how you actually think it was planned out. Um, but yeah, you just got to have faith that it, it'll all be good. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I think, um, you know, we've got this plan sometimes in our head of how things. And I, the thing that I've learnt too on a similar wavelength to use that it's not going to work out that way. <laughs> it's just be no, be at peace that it's not going to work out. The way it really does. It really and, does. And, <laughs> and the more you resist it, the you know sometimes the the harder the lesson becomes. So. Yeah. yeah, just got to learn to be at peace with it and, and go trust that it'll work right. out. Yeah, yeah, trust, yeah. trust it'll work out fine as long as you continue to try and do the right thing by other people. And yeah, no, absolutely, you'll be absolutely. wrong. Well, mate, I'm, mm. I'm fascinated. Obviously, like this, you know, this year's been big year coaching wise. But you know, one thing I really wanted to talk about is really your, you know, what you achieved on the field as as well, and and where it all started. And obviously, you were you were, were you always a Brisbane East boy. No, I was actually um, uh, Wynnum Manly. So I was right, sort of right. born, born and bred in Wynnum. Um, because I thought Johnny family. Lang brought, brought you, he was, at, he was at East at the time, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Right, right. Um, he was there, but you weren't there. Uh, no, I did play for East in one. So I played all my juniors at Wynnum. Um, and then once it came time, you know, we were 19 and it was time to go over to the seniors, um, what happened was, um, Winner Manly as a club were going through, they had some issues, some financial issues. Um, and the, the, the coach at the time, so when we come out of under 18s, um, they got us down and, and talked to us all about coming over to the senior club. Um, and and Winner East, like if you're in, in Brisbane, you'd, you'd understand they don't sort of like too much, each other too much. They're, uh, They're a bit like sort Saints, of na- Saints and Cronulla. Yeah, of. they're na- neighbouring clubs right next door to each other pretty yeah. much and so yeah a bit of rivalry over the years and um, I'd actually um, so Shane Richardson had um, coached for East against me over the like before that uh, and so anyway this this morning the, the senior club come down to talk to us this was Winner Manly and the, new, the head coach at the time had um, brought along this player to try and encourage us to come down and, you know, convince us how good the year was going to be despite what was happening at the club. And he just happened to be another halfback, um, which I'd sort of played against. Um, and so for me, it was like, well, if he's going to be their big signing, where, where do I fit in in this? So at the time, Lange, uh and Richo were both, because Richo was president at East while Lange was coach there. Um, and they'd both been in touch with me about playing, which I never really considered, but until... Um, you know, the club winner Manly had decided to sign another halfback. Um, that's when I thought, well, you know, maybe it's a better pathway for me over at East. So, yeah, that's why I went over there. Did but I spent all of my juniors playing for winner Manly, and then I spent three years playing at East after that before I went to Cronulla. Did, did you don't have to name names, but the the halfback they they picked did uh, did he kick on or? Uh, he played NRL. Okay. Um, but not too many games, no. There you go, mate. There you go, Richo, mm. Richo and uh, Richo and Langy. The the old combination. They could always spot a bit of good talent. And, uh, yeah. You know, you took a bit of a a, a uh, well. It was an opportunity, wasn't it? Like, did, but you didn't know at the time that they were going to move to Cronulla. Obviously, that was no, that was. You no. just thought, I'm, I'm, you know, it's an opportunity. I'll I'll go. Yeah, and and that amongst like my mates and, you know, the guys that I'd grown up with playing, uh, to go and play for East, that was a, you know, that was a cardinal thing. You just, you don't play for East. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it just wasn't done. So it was pretty, wasn't a real popular decision. Uh, particularly my dad was involved with Winter Manly and or had been involved with the club for many years. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a shock for me to do that. Went against the, uh, what was normally done. But anyway, it turned out for the best. So, yeah. And so you, you go there, and then how long is it between? Because it was, I think, was it nineteen ninety four that that Langy moved to Sydney with the Sharks. Yeah, yeah. So, so how long were you there at, at uh, Brisbane East? Three years. Right. So. And so, did you always have your 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 heart set on on coming to 
to Sydney because that was always, I guess that was always, I mean, I know Queenslanders would think otherwise, but, you know, the, the comp at Brisbane was strong, but there's always a, an air of sort of superiority, I would say, about the, the comp down here, that you, oh, need, no, you need to crack it here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, plus, also, if you wanted to play, you know, there, there weren't many full-time professionals back then, but if you wanted to sort of get paid enough to, to not have to work, you had to play in that competition because the Brisbane competition just uh, wasn't, you know, the, the, wasn't at that level. Yeah. Um, in terms of professionalism. So, yeah, my goal was always to say I wanted to test myself in the best comp. So, yeah, I, and you kind of just got to wait for the right opportunity. I'd had a, a number of clubs sort of contact me over that three-year period um, and, and which didn't sort of eventuate for me. Um, but in the end, um, yeah, once uh, Lange and Richo were going down there, I thought it was the right way to go. And, you know, a lovely spot, as you know, and a good club and, yeah. So you, you joined the Sharks in that first year. You played uh, 24 games. Yep. Uh, in the next year, you know, you, 1995, it was a big year. You, you won the yeah. you won the Rothmans Medal. Yeah, that's it was pretty. A, that's the current uh, Dally M. You would say, you know, best and fairest, which is which is just just huge. Yeah, it was pretty incredible um, at the time, um, particularly given, as you said, it was only my second year, and you know, I really. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to pan out because it was a bit, bit of a, a late developer. I'd, I'd missed out uh, in Queensland leading up to that. Um, I'd kind of been overlooked by different different recruitment people, uh, particularly the fact that there was only the Broncos in Brisbane. So it was, you know, it was a pretty um, a limited pathway, if you like, mm. um, back then because they, they, the Cowboys hadn't come into the comp and um, the Gold Coast had, but yeah, apart from that, there wasn't a, a you know, there wasn't many pathways for you in Queensland. So yeah, when I eventually got the chance to, to go to Cronulla, I jumped, I took it with both hands, and, and as you said, to to um to be as successful as we were as a club, but we had a good couple of years there. I felt '95, we had a really good chance. We we made the semis, and then yeah, individually for myself, it was it was a great year, just because as you said, we had popped off with the Rothmans medal. You went to that that night. You celebrated, and uh, was it a tradition to get a photo there? At because Harry's Cafe dwells for people who don't know. Like it's a yeah. it's really iconic. And yeah, um, and well, no, it wasn't because um, oh, we were in the semi-finals during that that like that week. We had to play on the weekend, so you know, obviously we weren't going to go out and celebrate once the dinner was finished. We had to get home and get ready for training the next day. So. Um, we all went in together. So there was ET and myself and Aaron Raper was there, Matty Rogers, Langy, of course, and Richo. And, and we said, right, oh, well, on the way, we'll, we'll get a pie at Harry's Cafe to Wheels. That'll, that'll be our celebration. So, yeah. Okay, now I can't imagine Richo paying. I'll be, can, I, can I throw him under the bus? He's there, right? Um, I think he suggested getting the pies, though. He loved the pies, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, uh, when you first met, can I just take, take you back a little bit? You, you come to the Sharks and there's ET there. Like, were you a little starstruck or were you? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was too the first time I met him. I was like, Jesus God, yeah. he's a superstar. Absolutely. And, and you, you know, just a, a young kid from, from Wynnum and down there rubbing shoulders. And, you know, I'd, I'd watch State of Origin with my mates in the crowd a couple of years previously. And watching ET and those guys play, so yeah, I was absolutely I was starstruck. Um, it kind of a bit surreal. You had to pinch yourself, and, um, but he was great. In particular, he you know, went out of his way to make make. There was a few of us from that come down from Brisbane at the time, and um, yeah, he really went out of his way to make you feel welcome, and yeah, so that was good. So who who else was it? Was Jeff Bell? Did he did he come across then, or was that was Belly that... came? Yep, yeah, yeah, Belly came down. Adam Ma, um, Andrew Neve, Adam Ma. Uh, Paul Donaghy. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so there's Darren Windmill's another one. I think he came maybe the year after, if not that year. Paul Fisher? Um, but Paul yeah. Fisher? Paul yeah. Fisher, yep. Here's wow. another one. Okay. Yeah. Wow, quite a, quite a few came from uh, that yeah. contingent. Yeah. So, so not, a few, not a couple of years later, you, you know, Super League sort of breaks out. <laughs> And yeah. there's always been this story I wanted to ask you because we always heard, here I am, I'm playing for Saints and... Uh, the rumours are there's 
that you know that they're going to ask me, Gordon Tallis, and just a couple of others, and uh, Nathan Brown, maybe just to, to 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 come and be headhunted by by the Sharks. But we hear this story about how after one game, you guys, there's a, the, half of the dressing rooms, <laughs> half the room is taken, maybe less than half in a limo and, and driven. And I've never I've never asked you about it, but can you can you unpack that for us a little bit? Yeah, we um so when it happened if you remember so when it all sort of broke out it was like it was almost like a military exercise so on one night news um had tried to sign up as many of of who they wanted to get the competition started so they had people i think canberra were playing against north queensland up here in townsville um and so if you remember canberra had a star-studded team back then yeah. Um, you know, Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly, Bradley Clyde, all those sort of guys. And so um, so they, they basically planned to sign as many of the clubs and players as they could on this one particular night. Um, and so we were playing um, in Perth and we'd, we'd had a good win. I think back then it was three grades playing. I think we'd, we'd won all three grades. So, that, you know, the bus was full and we we're all in good spirits. And then um, it was Richo, actually, that came down and sort of, you know, singled out a group of people and no one knew what was going on. Um, and we, they were asked to just stay out on the footpath when we arrived back at the hotel. And so there was about a dozen of us or so there um, and none of us knew what was going on. And then as the bus pulls away, the, I think there was about four, three, three or four limos pull up and we get asked to jump in there and they, they took us over to another hotel where... Um, basically, you know, Lachlan Murdoch and, and a few other News Limited executives presented what they their thoughts on on how the how it was going to look, um, and then you know one by one negotiated with us to to do a to a deal for there. So yeah, that's how. But was, it on, out. was it on the night? Because was it? Yeah, it was on the night. Cause yeah. I remember hearing that it was on the night. I think I was talking to George yeah. Mimas at the go. Yeah, it was like it was just all happening. Like it just yeah. from from. You're right. It was like something. It was something like out of a out of a, a James Bond type. And they yeah. just like whisked away. Here it is. Yeah. Um. And and just so, did you sign that night? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. I did. Yeah. And and the plan was to sort of combine Cronulla and St George and, and former Southern Sydney franchise. Right. That's how. Yes, that's, that's right. That's how it was pitched to us. Um. But yeah, in the meantime. You know, by the time the the uh, ARL back then got wind of what was going on, you know, they'd, they'd um, started signing their players and, and that's basically how the war broke out. I actually, I actually, you guys played, St George played on the Sunday because I went and met George there um, during that game and because, and yeah, as I said, what they had sort of pitched to us and, and how they thought it would pan out wasn't exactly how it was panning out because, as I said, once the ARL got wind of what was happening, then they went into a bit of a frenzy trying to lock up players as well. So, and, that, and that's how the war started, so to speak. So, so did how was it? Did you play? Did you because these are your mates you're playing with? Like you get taken, one doesn't get taken. Yeah, it's like, are they asking questions the next day? Like what? What the heck happened? How did you? Oh answer, yeah. How do you answer that? Yeah, it was it was yeah it was very different. And as I said, that the, the players, the twelve or so players that they'd sort of earmarked from from our squad, um, as I said, we went and had a dinner, and, and they presented to us with their thoughts about how it was going to work. And then one by one, they they sort of negotiated um, with each player, and um, you know we didn't know what was going on. So you know each time a player would come out, it'd be like, "Did you sign? Did you sign? What's going on?" Yes, yeah, so we didn't we didn't have a clue what was going on. So. Yeah, very surreal. And, and but moving forward with that, that with, with any of the players that you're playing with, were they were they a bit dirty that they you know because I, I can't imagine that not affecting you know the rest of the season in turn, like you've got semis and you. <laughs> well, as it sort of panned out, um, that everyone nearly ended up getting a contract anyway, right? Um, because once the ARL started signing players, and they were then, short, then yeah. yeah, so. Um, yeah, I don't think that too many people missed out, um, but it was a bit weird at the start. But well, I mean, we didn't know what was going on either. So yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, they were asking us what's happening. We didn't have a clue. 
um, the guys that were sort of earmarked for that Super League. Um, it wasn't until we sort of got back, and then, as I said, you know, that's when it all broke out. That's um, yeah, it, it it sorted itself out because, as I said, it didn't seem like um, anyone missed out pretty much. Yeah, that's right. It was a good era, and it was it was it was something that, in a way, it had to happen. In a way, it happened. I'm not saying it had to happen that way, but it it it, it was a great thing for the players. You know, don't you think? Considering, well, it, considering the amount of money that was has been generated by the game, and I think it was a great thing um, for the players. Well, I mean, it wasn't great for the game for obvious reasons. No, that's um, right, you know, yeah. and and I think um, you know, had it sort of panned out differently, um, it, it probably could have been a good thing. There's no doubt it lifted the standard. It certainly lifted players' wages. Um, which so that, which yeah. meant we could all train full time and yeah. know, take care of your body. Yeah, it's considering what you put what you put it through, you know, it's a. Uh, it, it's, you think about it, the amount of money that was being generated by the game, and you're still working full time and getting the training twice a day. Usually, it's yeah. just you know, it's pretty exhausting. Yeah, it's pretty, that's really the, the 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 time in history where the, the game went professional because of that, the, that. As you said, the money that was injected through that period um, that that's what allowed everyone to, to turn professional and yeah, not have to work. Now, mate, and yeah. play as well. You had a lot of success at, at the at the Sharks. Um, you know, you you represented Queensland there as well as um, as well as getting a, a, a this match as well. But you know that that time came to an end. Um, how hard was it leaving? Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, really tough decision because uh, for for obvious reasons. Um, but um, for me, there was an opportunity to to head back to Queensland. I went back to the, the sign with the Cowboys. Funnily enough. Um, so, so was you know, it there that you made your your debut in Origin, or was it? Did yeah, you to start with yeah. You? It was that is that North Queensland? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So when we talked about Super League um, back then, basically there was no Super League players to get picked for State of Origin once that happened. That's right. Um, and so you know, if you'd signed with Super League, even though they played in the same comp, they just weren't going to pick you for State of Origin. Um, and so you know, I played. They had their own version, which they called it a tri-series between New, Ze- uh, New Zealand, New South Wales and Queensland. So I played in the first three games during that Super League year in 97. Right. But yeah, it wasn't until 99 I, I made my origin debut um, once the competition was back together. I was actually playing for the Cowboys at that stage. And, and that, that's where you, you came under Tim Sheens. And yeah, tell us a bit about that relationship because it, it seemed from the outset that it, it turned a little kind of sour. Yeah, um... Well, it, it didn't, you know, you, you couldn't say it was a, a great relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I, it didn't didn't sort of flourish the way I'd hoped. Um, but there's no doubt he, he had a big, brilliant rugby league break. Um, and, you know, you, you talk footy with him, he's the sort of guy, you walk away from the conversation and, and think, geez, I know nothing about rugby league. Um, but and he genuinely loved it and, you know, would talk about footy all the time. But, um I just think culturally at the time, probably um, some of the things, the, the direction he wanted to take the club back then, you know, it might have been a little bit before uh, their time, I think. I don't, I'm not sure if the, the Townsville community were, were probably ready for that or the players for that matter. Um, but, uh, you know, the, he probably uh, adjusted his, his methods a little bit after that. Um, so I'm sure he learnt plenty out of that experience as well and went on to uh, coach a premiership for the West Tigers in 2005, funnily enough, against the Cowboys too. So, um, yeah, I, I think um, it wasn't a great period for the Cowboys. Um, and, you know, uh, coming out of that is really when the club started to, to get it right on the field and off the field as well. So, um, you know, there were no personal issues between Tim and I, but, yeah, I just think, you know, we're... Just didn't sort of. Uh, we weren't a good fit player coach wise at the time. Is, is there anything you picked up from him? Like you've had a lot of coaches. You had Lang, obviously Langy. You had him. You had uh, uh, was it Brian Smith when you were at Parramatta? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I picked up plenty. I learned plenty of him. Like from a coaching point of view. Yep. As I said, he's a brilliant footy brain. Um, you know, a lot of these sort of theories about how the game should be played or can be played. You know, as I said, I've learned plenty from him. I've learned plenty from all my coaches actually. Um, you know, Brian Smith is another one very smart tactically and you know, really loved his footy loved talking about footy and so you kind of think you know as a coach you kind of pick up 
um, along the way, all, all of those things off those guys, and but then you, it's about making it um, how you weave that into yours and, and make it authentic for you as a coach. That's probably the most important thing. But yeah, I right. definitely learned plenty of them. So, 2003, you join the Eels. Uh, you start the first seven games at halfback. Things are going well. You suffer a fractured cheekbone, which, which did you have to? Under, was it a face reconstruction you had to undergo? Yeah, yeah, she's pretty, um, pretty bad break. So I ended up having to have an operation, which they inserted um, six plates into the side of my face, basically to yeah put it all back together. Wow. Yeah, that was that was pretty pretty tough injury. That one that was uh, towards the back end of my my career. I I copped a few injuries, but that was probably the one of the worst ones I had to deal with. Mate, you. Did we, because you, you played even after that. We, I mean, I don't know what possessed you to keep playing because that's a horrific injury. I spoke to a doctor recently about it and uh, about your situation. It was like that's a, it's a brave thing to come back from something as uh, uh, like like that. I've got to say, yeah, it, brave or stupid, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was a nice little facelift. You could tighten the skin. It so was uh, if that's what you were yeah. looking for, but. I actually, I said, when you do it back up, can you just make sure it's nice and tight? Just get rid of a few wrinkles on me. I think um, it, it just, it never sat well with me. That whole period, basically, from when I left the Cowboys all the way up to that injury, um, I just, it never, I never really got going again. Um, once I did, I, I, you know, I forced myself um, back in the state of origin side in 2001 and we, I was playing for the Roosters at the time, and we won the series. Um, famously, when you know Wayne brought Alfie back, I remember uh, mate, for that I third playing, game. I was playing. That <laughs> <laughs> was my last series, thanks to you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, I felt I'd just started to find my feet again and play some decent footy. And um, so, the start of 2002, you know, I was pretty hopeful of putting together a good year again. And, um, did my knee in round one, and so I, I did my ACL. So I didn't play again that year, and then um, you know, consequently, they uh, I still had a year to run on my, my contract at, eat, at the Roosters, but they um, uh, yeah terminated it, and so I went to Para hoping to get going again, and, yeah, and then I did my face. So, so it was a really um, going back to why would I go back and play? It didn't really sit well with me to finish on that note. Mm. Um, you know, and one of the things you, that you learn in footy is that you rarely do get to choose how you finish or how it, how it ends for you. But I just think, you know, if that was my last game of footy, it wouldn't have sat well with me. Um, and that's why I probably had to just prove to myself that, I, you know, get back out there and, and play again, um, you know, after having the operation and having my face fixed up. Yeah. It was yeah. more, more about, you know, get, getting over your fears, I suppose, and, Conquering that, mate. Very courageous, and uh, yeah, I do have. A, speaking of that origin, I do have a bone to pick you because Trent Barrett went through the line and offloaded. I don't know if you remember. We're right near the line, pretty much adjacent yeah. to the post. I all I have to do is take the ball and put it down. And you, do you remember you tapped it and yeah, and that was would have be, been my first and ever try only try. <laughs> I remember going greeny like Newman. Newman. <laughs> Damn you, Newman. We would have scored. I was just like, there's no one there. And I'm just like, where did that hand come from? But I, yeah. I, <laughs> mate, you've had some fantastic experiences as well. I mean, obviously, some, some huge, huge trials there, uh, injury wise. But um, one of the perks uh, I remember was, um, as, as you used to refer to them as Tom and Nicole, um, took you. <laughs> <laughs> now, because you had a great interest in flying, and uh, yeah. you, you got to meet him, and uh, you, you know, you spoke very well of him. Yeah, no, he's a really good, good guy, but both were. But yeah, we we met him. Um, so we were out with the Australian Super League side. I think Mel was the coach, and we went to a, a pub in Balmain, and and they were going to be there. There was actually Russell Crowe's band was playing that night as well. Um, so they were the band that were playing at the pub, and we were upstairs at a function and. Yeah, lucky enough to, to meet Tom and Nicole. Had a had a couple of beers with them. They were really good people. And because um, I, I did when I was younger and left school, I I, um, I did my pilot's license. Um, and so we got talking about flying, and he's got his pilot's license. And um, yeah, he ended up um, shouting me a 
session in an aerobatics plane, a Sukhoi aerobatics plane, which um, a friend of his owned. Um, and so I went out there and, and went flying for yeah, compliments of Tom. So, yeah, he was, was a good fellow. But really, yeah, again, though, you know, fair, fairly surreal to meet people like that, but yeah. they were really friendly and made everyone feel welcome. Yeah, good guys, good well, people. Because I remember uh, during one state of origin, um, they were launching one of the, the Missions Impossibles and we, we all um, got invited to the premiere and we were all promised that we, we were going to meet him, but, uh, you know, he, he backdoored it and I was just like, oh, man. I just like I, was, yeah. I wanted one up on one up on Green. I just wanted to, tell, I wanted to have a story as well. I wanted a Tom Cruise story. <laughs> Back door. Uh, oh, but it was good, 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 good days, mate. Good days. Mm, yeah, no, yeah. So, mate. I mean, when you look back over your time, you know, you say that you know uh, it didn't uh, end the way. Neither did I. I've got to say, I got carried off. I popped my shoulder in a in a. Um, in a, in a game which I didn't know was going to be my last and being stretched off, that was my last game. But do you, do you ever sit back and just reflect on what you achieved? Because you, you, you achieved a lot in the game. Um, probably. No, I don't really, to be honest. I think because um, I, I was sort of been so focused on trying to get my coaching career going. So I, I, you don't, I don't know, I don't really have time. You know, occasionally... Um, sometimes Fox would have the old games on replay there and, you know, some of yeah, if I was around the team and the, the players were watching, they'd always give me plenty about what was going on in the game. And, you know, things that I'm telling them not to do, they, they were there seeing me do it. Yeah. So they were straight on to me. I can't, and, watch, uh, I can't watch it, mate, because every time I've got up and played the ball, my, my jersey would come up, my guts, my, my guts be hanging over my shorts. I just can't bear to watch it, mate. Oh, how would you have gone these days with the tight jersey? I'm just, I can't believe, I wouldn't have got a, a contract. That would have just been, would have been, there's no way we're giving you a contract. Uh, or maybe you would have just got fit. <laughs> That's right. The, the thing is, I was fit, but I just carried this belly. I always carried, and you got to bear in mind, to my defence, Greeny, we knew nothing about the low carbs thing. I remember yeah. our trainer was like, pasta, this pasta. Yeah, bread, like, pasta, bread, pasta. Right. So you're doing 10 hours of fit, fitness and it's like you're just putting it all back with the pasta. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, good good, good memories. I, I hope, you know, one day you do, um, you know, sit, sit down and, you know, maybe with your son Jed, because how old is he now? Yeah, Jed's eight. He's so eight. He's, yeah, he's just starting to get into it. Get, get into his footy. He really likes it. Like, you know, starting to watch it. He's played it for the last two years. Um, but, yeah, I think just recently, you know, taken notice of the players and different games when they're on. And um, It's funny, he, he's actually caught a couple of old games as well. Um, admittedly, I had him playing as they got home, so <laughs> make sure he watched them. <laughs> no, and, and, you know, he's like, oh, I said, you did that. I said, yeah. He said, did you play? I said, yeah, yeah. Played. Yeah, mm. at an exceptional level. I mean, that like you know, it's the Rothmans medal, mate. It's just you know, it's to, to have won that. You know, I hope there's a, I hope I really hope you know. I don't know when the right time was because I understand that that you know being busy with as a coach and you know trying to push that forward and and so forth. Which by the way, you you, you know, you've done an incredible job with thus far. Um, I can understand not having the time even to sit down and. Smell the roses, so to speak. But there might come a time, you know, where you just sit down and 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 yeah, because you, you achieved a lot, you really did. And uh, you know, I I think one one thing that typifies your whole career was really like absolute. It was always dedication. There was always you know attention to detail, but just perseverance through. Yeah. And that was something that just gonna, it was going to carry you really for the for the rest of your life. Little did you know that you'll you'll move into coaching, which which really almost takes perseverance to a to another level because you know when you when you're playing and you're not playing well you know you could always just go do that extra and you could always like you know mentally yeah you could always but it, and it was in a way it was in your hands in a way that your 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 game but as as coach yeah. it's it's a very it's a different scenario and I I remember I you know I remember something that I wanted to talk to you about about you took a gamble where you you, you were assistant coach at the Broncos. And, yep. you know, things I, – I remember meeting you there. I was doing some work with the NRL and I remember seeing you there in the office and, and so forth. And But you just you decided to walk away from that by actually – by taking a part-time gig back at Wynnum, the, the, yeah. club, 
the club that I'm not sure brushed you or you brushed them, but you, <laughs> you used a, you know, you took a big pay cut and and said, oh, yeah, I'm, gonna, that- I'm gonna give this a, a crack. Yeah, it was um, that was a enormous decision and, and very pivotal when you look back on it. Um, but for me, it was the best decision. It, um, you know, we had a, discussed it with my wife. We just had uh, Emerson, so she was only oh, I think she was barely one, um, and so it was a big decision for the family too. Because my wife was on maternity leave at the time, um, and so you know, assistant coach's role pays fairly well when you compare it to, say, a part-time role coaching in Trust Super Cup. And, yeah. um, you know, my, my uh, I think um, the pay at, at Wynnum was going to be around $30,000 for the year, so very much part-time. Um, and I, I remember my wife and I discussing it, and I, we were just about to go to bed, and you know, it was basically crunch time. I had to make a decision, and I remember saying to her, as we are going to bed, I said, oh, look, I just I don't think I'm going to do it. I, I don't think I can do that to the family because uh, she would have had to go back to work full-time, which she was going to do eventually anyway, but it, it just meant it was it had to happen a lot sooner just because of the, the financial pressure it would have put on us. But um, so I went to bed and I said, no, as we went to sleep, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll stick it out at the Broncos. And then um, in the morning I woke up and I'd had a complete change of heart and I just I rolled over and said, no, I'm going to take the Wyndham job. And she was like, oh, gee, what happened? What happened last <laughs> Yeah, must have had some funny dreams or something. Well, she was, yeah, she was comfortable thinking she didn't have to go back to work when we went to bed and then woke up the next morning and was back into it. So, but see, Greeny, it was part of your destiny because I remember we had a conversation back, back with the, when we were at the Sharks and, and you said to me you had a dream when you were younger that you were going to be a leader of men. Did you remember that? Yeah, yeah. You don't sound confident that you do. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I did, but you know, you, it, it was. Oh, I don't know. You, you have these different dreams at different times, and it was. I remember it pretty clearly. And, you know, it. Yeah, I woke up with the feeling that you know it was God talking to me. Yeah. Um, and it just you know you're not sure you're not sure where your path's going to take you, but the, you know he just pretty clearly said to me that that was that was the path for me um he didn't mention coaching nrl though <laughs> um but yeah that that's how it panned out i think um you know i think back to my time and you'd, you'd be the same mate when you when you have a, a coach that you connect with and and um you, you you find that the influence they have on you is is um comes through in many parts of your life so it's not just your footy um, but it usually filters through into other parts of your life. And you know, for me, as to be able to try and help someone in that way, I, I thought was would be pretty good. Um, and so that's why I, I took that path down the coaching um, coaching uh, pathway. Well, mate, yeah. let, let, let's just uh, reiterate where it did lead you. Um, and there are many, many years, gruelling years in between this success. But if we could just jump to it... Um, First semi-final, Brisbane Broncos week one, you lose 16-12. What are you thinking? This is 2015. Yeah. I thought, going back to after that game, I thought we we actually, I felt okay because I thought we weren't at our best, but we still were very much in the game. Um, And just a couple of silly penalties towards the back end, you know, basically cost us the game. So, as I said, whilst I, I... we lost, but I still felt fairly confident. Um, so, yeah, that, coming out of that game, despite losing, actually gave me some confidence because I knew we were capable of more. So you yeah. play Cronulla next, the, the week after, a pretty sweet yep. against your old uh, 39-0 against your old your old club, which yeah. which means you guys book your first preliminary final since 2007. You start yep. to feel a, little bit of the, feel a little bit of the pressure or feeling a little bit of excitement or... Well, we were playing Melbourne in Melbourne That's in the right. preliminary final. That's so right. after the after the Cronulla game, I think you know, one of the good things was we didn't have to travel. So um, that's a big thing for for teams that that have to travel as often as we did. Um, so having Cronulla at home meant we got a good recovery, had a good preparation into the game. I think it was like a, we played Friday into a Saturday game, so it was a longer turnaround, which 
freshened us right up and, and gave us, you know, as you said, we, we won fairly convincingly against the Sharks and that's obviously going to give you a lot of confidence as a team. And and so going to Melbourne and Melbourne's, you know, always a tough proposition down there, particularly, you know, they're very good at making sure they play well on the big stage. And so I think from our point of view, there was, there was um, not a lot of pressure on us really because no one really expected us to knock them over down there. Um, so it was a good, good, uh, good, good way to prepare for a big game like that. You, you beat Melbourne thirty-two twelve uh, yep. in the preliminary final. So now you're in the position you book your place in the in the grand final against the team you lost to the Broncos, and that's their first. Yeah, uh, yeah that, that's their first since grand final in a decade since t- yeah. two thousand and five with with our so it's you know it's one of those things where you go far out mate is 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 the writing on the wall I remember as a fan as a complete fan going for you and just thinking is the writing on the wall here for for something special and you know that grand that as I said in in my intro that grand final to this day I mean you, you went another shade of grey let me just tell you in, in, <laughs> <laughs> but you could not write. It is the it's the best grandfather I've ever 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 watched, and it isn't and what not because of our friendship, but it's just as a game. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't have scripted the twists and turns at the most pivotal moments, and I I, I just can't imagine what it would have been like to been in in that box. Yeah, it was um, yeah one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in in rugby league. Um, but yeah, it was you're right. It, it had everything that game. It had all the drama and. Um, yeah, scoring right on, on the on the bell to to level things up, and you talk about uh, moments, and you know, JT's been one of our greatest players, um, and to, so for him to have the moment to be able to kick the winning goal from the sideline, you know, I'm sure he would have dreamt about that moment um, for years as a kid. Um, you know, they play out the scenarios in the backyard when they're mucking around with the footy, and I thought for, for him. You know, it was just set up perfectly for him. But again, you know, consistent with the way the game panned out, it wasn't to be for him. You know, he, he missed the kick, as we all remember. He hit the hit post. The post. And, oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, and and he, the, yeah. Just heightened the stakes, really. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Made it more exactly. incredible. Made it more yep. incredible. Yeah. Um, and when he come off the boot, like the way he used to shape his goal kicks, um, you know, everyone thought, oh, this is home. But he... It just stayed straight. He sort of hit it too well, stayed straight and caught the posts and yeah, off into extra time. So pretty amazing. Mate, the heart must have been, just must have been pumping, pumping, pumping. Like, um, just, no, have we cool? And the, what, what, no, what? I, I, would have, I would have say I was cool, but it was about what was next. So, you know, we very quickly had to move on from the missed kick from JT. Um, and get our heads around what was to come next, which was obviously Golden Point. And so for JT in particular, you know, that, that would have um, really, he would have dwelt on, on missing that goal. And so, you know, the first thing, particularly from his teammates, was to, to get his head back into the moment and focus on what's next. Um, but you see, you know, once he did the kick and he hit, hits the post, you see a lot, of, a lot of the teammates run down and grab him and, you know, as hard as it was for him, I think, you know, his teammates did a great job at that time just getting him back in the moment and focusing on what, what we needed to focus on. Mate, they showed you uh, at the end of the, at the end, and there was no one around. Everyone had left and you guys are in that circle on the field and you're in the middle just... I mean, and what came back to me was, there we go, there we go. That's that's the leader of men. That, that, that's... A, that's a, you know, the seed was planted in you a long, long time ago. Was Is that all personal, what you shared there, or is... Is there any sense um, of? Oh no! Look, it's it's fairly personal because it's it's just um, the messages. You know what that group of men achieved. Yeah. Um, you know, premierships are special, um, but to to win a club's first premiership probably is a little bit of icing on the cake too. I think, and and so for them, you know, everything we'd been through that year, and you know, all the highs and lows, and the way everyone supported each other, it was. It's just that was that moment for us to reflect out in the middle of the ground when the, the stands were empty, um, just to take a look around and, and just to make sure that um, you know they remember this moment because you know it was, a, it was a great thing that they did. Did you ever think um, 
after it, and you probably didn't, but because I, you know, every year I sort of I got to train the day of a grand final because I still sort of think had that many opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> opportunity. Now, now in fairness to me, training these mean it's ten minutes on a treadmill. So it's not. I'm not doing the sandals or anything, <laughs> but I need to get physically tired before I watch the game. So I just because there's still that part of me that goes ah didn't do it I, w- I would have loved to have done it does, yeah. does that ever come to to mind with you um what that I didn't do it as a player as or a player yeah um yeah that that's what you play for really that's the ultimate um and so yeah I'm, I'm very grateful that I got to experience it as a coach um yeah, it's a different experience, but it's it's certainly a wonderful one as well. And you you went close a couple of times too. You you had a we couple did. of opportunities. Oh, that's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's what I, that's why I struggle on, on grand final day because I, I, I always have memories of the, yeah, opportunity, yeah. the opportunities that we had. But uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. sorry, you broke your thumb in one of them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So it was a bit of, out of my hands in in a way. But yeah, uh, it's funny how it all leads, doesn't it? To to the path meant for you because I, I remember, like I broke I broke it and I was in a, a, a compound dislocation and so had to go to have surgery and I woke up and from surgery while the game had just finished and Brad Mackay was was getting the Clive Churchill and I actually thought I was pretty dazed from surgery but I thought we'd won um, but he was only at that stage I think the second player in history to have won. Yeah, uh, a cool. Churchill from a, as a, from a losing team, and and Brad, mm. I had him on as a guest, and he said to me, he said, he said to God before it, he said, God, if I if I get the club, Churchill, I'm going to thank you, um, mm. and honour you, and and uh, what he should have said was, if I get the club, Churchill, and we win, which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I corrected, just, just left a little bit out <laughs> there. You got to be specific with God. <laughs> But just on that, like, and I was meant to see that it impacted me greatly. But you just, just on that, because you've been on your own journey there with 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 God and and uh, and, and that. When when did that sort of all start? Has that always been there, or when did that sort of start? No, it, yeah, it's always been there. So as kids growing up, I, I, I won't say we were a deeply religious family, but you know, Mum would take us to church on Sunday schools. We'd, we'd you know every Sunday we'd go along to that. Um, and and my brother actually worked as a pastor. He was a youth pastor, um, wasn't he? Was yeah, he? yeah, he was right, a youth right. pastor, yeah. Um, so God and religion would, had always sort of been around me, um, but I've never probably really sort of committed to it uh, until, you know, we spoke about when I got that injury in 2003 in my face. Um, that was probably off the back of that. That was probably the time where I really wanted to work out what this was all about. You know, it had been there or thereabouts for me. Um, as I said, I, I'd, you know, I believed in God, but I'd never really committed to it properly, I don't think. Um, and there was a series of things that led up, that were happening in my life, and um, it led, which led up to that, that injury in 2003. And I think that was probably the moment where I thought, well, you know, I need to work out what this is all about. And so I, I you know, properly committed to it. And um, so that's when it really, you know, my relationship with, with God probably um, started and, you know, grew to a, a much deeper level, I suppose. Because I remember, um, uh, because I, remember I took you um, to, to a service and um, I can't remember, was it Matt Rogers speaking or um, when we were playing? I, I can't remember, but um, that, that at the end, the pastor saying, you know, if you'd like to make a commitment and, you know, to come down the front and we'll – and I was half putting an elbow into you to push out the front. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember who went up there, though? I don't. Remember Paul Watson? Remember our trainer? Did he? Yeah, so we went to the church up at Sutherland and there was a heap of us there because the club um, – there was a tragic car accident, I think, and some, some kids died that's in a car accident. right. And and as a club, we we did uh, donate some money to the family, and so uh, during that service, they were going to give the family the money that we'd we'd raised for them, and so there was a heap that went up there, and um, we were in the crowd, and yeah, the the, the pastor at the end was saying, you know, if you want to uh, commit to God, raise your hand and come up, and and <laughs> Paul Watson, our trainer, who's a terrific fellow, yeah. for some reason he put his hand up and he's gone up onto the stage and 
um, <laughs> you know, as he's giving him, the, you know, with the power of the Holy Spirit, on, you know, welcome yeah. Jesus into your life, and he's yeah. sort of touched Watto and all the other people that were doing it. As when they got touched, they sort of fell backwards, and you know, that wow. was. But then Watto, he, yeah. he's touched, touched Watto, and nothing happened. He just kept standing there, <laughs> and so he tried it again. <laughs> And again, nothing happened. What I'm going, what am I supposed to do? So he just said, "Oh, you just better go off the stage now." We only want people that have fallen, and it looks yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we, that- we thought. We were calling what over, you know, he's possessed and. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny because we we um we we spoke to Paul Watson um not long before that because he was driving on Captain Cook Drive and before the sharks had you know it's all changed now and there's proper car parks and stuff like that we used to just all pile in and in you know near the ground and he was mm. he was turning right and um a big semi trailer was coming up behind him and. And just go and gunning for him, I think because he didn't see him, and yep. so he took a really, really quickly sharp turn, and he said he almost got hit. And he said to me, he said, "Oh, I've got to sort out this this area of my life, you know, with what happens if I would have died and so forth." And it is a question that that a lot of us think about, but then again, there's a lot that that don't really think about the next the next yeah. life. You know, do you do you think do you ever you know ponder about what's next and I know you're just busy trying to get your next coaching job. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy trying to sort this one out. <laughs> but I think, you know, back to your question about me and, and religion and God, and I think it wasn't until that time that I'd never really properly committed to it. So I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, the, the only way you're going to find out is if you properly commit to it. Um, but there's also there's the feeling sometimes like I don't know I'll probably ask you this question like do you feel if you say you're a Christian or a religious do you feel more pressure that people judge you because um, I probably struggled with that at the start and still do it different times like yeah sometimes you're reluctant to to talk about it too much because people will judge you if yeah, you're not yeah. perfect and we're not and that's I think that's the the I mean if you look at me and you know me and you know. You know, I've got a lot of flaws, and and um, I try and work on them, and I try and be honest with myself um, as well, and honest with God. But at the end of the day, like if God was waiting for perfection, you know, He'd be waiting a very long time for anyone really to to, oh, come, absolutely. to come close to Him, and He's just not, He's not wait, He's He's just not waiting uh, for perfection. And so, yeah, I, it's true that I I I am aware when you when you do say I'm I'm a Christian, like. The sort of people then try and uphold you sometimes to an unrealistic standard, but yeah, uh, and offer no, no sort of the word is grace for your flaws because we have mm. we have the flaws, you know. We just all you know we can lose it, lose our temper, we can we can whatever whatever it is. But um, I think the th- biggest thing about a Christian is just that we know that we are forgiven, yeah. and, and then you just we just say to God, you know, help me to start again and help me to to change in this area and. And change is a process, and it takes it, it takes time. But it's it's very easy for someone else to point the finger, I think. And so, you've got to be yeah. at peace with the fact that you you're not you know you're not where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be as well. Yeah, and that whole you know um, influencing and leader, you know that that becomes. Um, or I, I struggled with that at the start because. For that reason, as you said, if you're not perfect, you know, some people think you, know, you can't lead unless you're perfect. Um, but I've gotten better at being comfortable from that point of view because, as you said, we've all got flaws. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah well, so. One thing I know about when I spent some time with you guys down there, and thank you for supporting um, my film, Chasing Comments, when it came out, you know, really, really helped me a lot. But um, what one thing um, in saying that, the box. The box office for the film in Townsville was abysmal, but no, you're still. <laughs> but one one thing after speaking to all your players, that the they the, they had so much respect uh, for you, and they felt very comfortable with you, really com- like yep. to be able to talk. I don't think I really had that relationship ever with any of my coaches where I could just really actually just talk. Um, yeah, and they had that. They had that with you. Um, yeah, and even when you left the club, I remember Paul Gallon coming out and. And saying Greeny's a great coach, it's, it's actually it's not him. They've got 
they've got some other issues going on, and mm. uh, it was very, very um, well timed what he said. So as to, as to did mm. Brent Tate as well, they they both said, you know, look, hey guys, you know, this is it's not about this is not about PG. It's about the players having to take responsibility, and so um, you know, there was just mm. a lot of love for you anyhow. So, mate, I'm yeah. I know that your your best your best. It's you know although you've achieved you know a lot that your best days in in coaching are, are still ahead of you mate you're going to be coaching plenty plenty more years. Yeah, thank you, and I, I think I think so too. I think um, you know you learn your lessons along the way, and I, even now I look back and think about how I've handled different situations and you know, cringe a little bit. Probably would handle things differently. <laughs> same, um, same here. But that's what it's about, isn't it? Learning your lessons along the way and yeah, trusting in God, I suppose. Mate, thank you so much, Granny. And and uh, you know, if anyone's listening, I, I reckon just there are so many great lessons that they can take from your life, and particularly like perseverance, taking a chance, and backing yourself. You know, your life has has really been all about that, and picking a great wife as well. Yes, yes, who, that's very important. Who is or is not in full time work at the moment? <laughs> Actually, I've, I've got to thank you. Steve, for the time you spent leading up to our marriage, you helped my wife pick the uh, fabric, I think, for the dress, wasn't it? You went dress shopping with my wife. I, I did go dress shopping with you. <laughs> <laughs> it helped that she was uh, quite an attractive lady. <laughs> and I was single at the time, not getting much girl time. So. <laughs> but, uh, I remember, because I was away for the weekend and, and you, were, uh, you were staying at our place, you, you were up for the weekend in Brisbane. That's right. And uh, and I come back and I, I talking to a man. I said, "I oh, said, so what'd you do?" And she said, "Oh well, I had to go and look at some dresses, some wedding dresses." So Jay's come along with me. I said, "What? For, look at the wedding dresses." <laughs> so thanks for your input, mate. You oh, did. A, mate. You got good taste. You did a great job. Oh, fantastic, mate. Well, look, thanks yeah. everyone for uh, for listening to the Spirit of Sport. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you missed the show, uh, it's replayed Sunday morning at 5.30 till, till 7am, but also you can download the SEN 1170 app and go to Catch Up. You can download the, the Spirit of Sport podcast there, and there's so many other great shows as well. But that's it from me. Thanks, Greeny. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, no problem, mate. Thanks loved, for having me. Loved it, mate. Loved it. And I'm Jason Stevens. Everybody, have a great week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.